Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That's the nothing personal sound of the day for Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. I'm snoring. Not very good at loud snoring. I can't snore. I've got this raspy voice, don't I? But I can't snore. Zach Scott fell asleep while driving or at a red light. He pulled a Tony La Russa. The acting GM of the New York Mets has been arrested and charged with DWI. Driving while intoxicated. The Mets continue to provide us with glorious content. And I'm not dancing on anyone's grave here. I'm not wishing Zach Scott anything. Thank God he fell asleep and he didn't hurt anyone while drinking and driving. Maybe someday someone will explain to me how people don't use Uber. Let me set the stage for you. The Mets Foundation had a party at their owner's house, Steve Cohn's house in Westchester. Players were there. The GM was there. It's what you do. You go, you raise money for the foundation. The foundation gives money to the community. That's the circle of life in a sports team. We promise we're going to be a good community partner. So what we do is we give money away that we raise from you. So we get your money to give your money away to the community and then take credit for the fact that we do it. We're like the channel. We channel your money through to the rest of the community. Wealth redistribution. Is, a, is another word for it. Party ends. Zach Scott leaves about five to seven hours later, 4.15 in the morning. Boom. Sirens, booking, bond, appearance in court today. The Mets are forced to respond again. They are in a perpetual statement writing mode. They are constantly on their public relations heels. There are articles being written everywhere that Steve Cohn has to clean house. Got to get rid of Sandy Alderson. Got to get rid of Zach Scott. Got to bring in Theo Epstein. I don't know where they got that idea of the Mets bringing in Theo. Who would ever have thought of such a ridiculous idea of Theo joining the Mets? The Mets, after the Javi Baez thumbs down episode, had this big statement from Sandy Alderson, which we dissected on nothing personal. This was a good one. We were surprised and deeply disappointed to learn this morning about an alleged DUI involving Zach Scott. We take this matter very seriously. Zach will not be traveling with the team for our upcoming road trip while we learn more and determine next steps. Come on, be better. Deeply disappointed, not moderately disappointed. We weren't just disappointed. We were both surprised and deeply disappointed. Stop with the adjectives in your statements. 
You don't need to say I'm deeply disappointed. Yeah, if he had just done something else, like maybe some domestic violence, then we'd be significantly disappointed. Drunk driving, you're deeply disappointed. And losing games, you're just disappointed. I guess it's grades of disappointment. I'm very thankful that you told us all that you take this matter seriously. Thank you. Short of you saying that in your statement, we wouldn't have known. The way it works when a season starts, I have a frog in my throat, Coca. Should we stop? No, nah, I'm just kidding. We're not going to stop. We never stop. I'm going to take a drink of water. Thursdays, I record the local hour with Levitard, and I do nothing personal. And sometimes it's just a lot of talking. And I'm a guy who loves to talk. I mean, I could talk to myself. As a matter of fact, nothing personal. I am talking to myself. I got Coke in my ear. I have you all behind this little Logitech camera. Although I'm not going to say what brand it is because they're not a sponsor. I'm alone. I'm looking actually at a shade. I'm looking at memorabilia. I'm, and I'm looking at myself in the background. So sometimes I'm just talking and I get a frog in my throat. And on today's Levitard, Mike Ryan said that he edits out people when they cough. I just turn my sound off. I have a cough button. It's called the cough button. So you can't hear me when I cough. You didn't hear that, right? That was a detour. So sometimes I just lose track because I'm coughing. So I want to talk about what happens when a season schedule comes out. The president of baseball operations sits down with the president, looks at the schedule, looks at the road trips, and then we assign a baseball person to go on each road trip. Some teams do not have a front office executive traveling with the team on the road. My view over 18 years is there was not one road trip where the front office was not represented. Whether it's the GM, the president of baseball ops, we would give one trip a year to uh, the VP of player personnel. We give the assistant GM a trip. We would sometimes uh, plan a trip for someone if they're from Cincinnati. We would give that person in the front office the Cincinnati trip so they'd have a chance to go home. So it was very purposeful what our plan was. But the reason why we wanted front offices on a road trip is there's always player moves that go on and we don't we didn't want to leave it to the manager to have to communicate the player moves to the player. And there's always issues that happen with weather, issues that are happening with the owner, with me, with the team. You just want someone there who can be the point person between you as the president and the manager and the players. And you travel, listen, it's private travel, it's charter travel. The uh, I've told you about the seats on the charter plane and how they're set up and who sits where and the managers in the front right of the bus and the plane, the traveling secretaries in the front left of the, of the bus and the plane behind the driver and behind the pilot. And then you've got a seat where there's food, then you've got the president, then the GM. It's, it's all set up in a very sort of hierarchical way much like the suites in the hotel are set up the same way, who gets what room where. It's, it's all a very easy system once you know it, and it's easy to implement. So the Mets in their statement about acknowledging the fact that their GM got a DUI, they say that because we're taking this matter seriously, thank you, Zach's not going to travel with the team. Who cares? That's not statement worthy, Elaine. 
Not even close. Here's the statement that the bets need to come out with. Acknowledge the reality that we all see that you have to see. This has been a bad week for the New York Mets and our fans. The acting general manager, Zach Scott, has been charged with driving while intoxicated. And while we have spent time telling you, our fans, how important you are to us, this is a violation that impacts even those who are not fans of the Mets. There is no excuse for this type of behavior, and it will not be tolerated. We've spent two years telling you about our zero tolerance toward workplace conduct, zero tolerance toward any sort of harassment, racism, anything. We have one to add to the list. We have zero tolerance toward people who are willing to take other people's lives into their hands through irresponsibility. We have informed Zach Scott that he has been suspended pending the results of this case. And I assure you, the fans of the New York Mets, that we are going to be better. You deserve it. And we will deliver it. Signed, Stephen Cohn. Not on Twitter. Not from Sandy. From Stephen. You're the owner. This train wreck of a team is your responsibility on and off the field. Teams are starting to take the vaccinations into their own hands. We told you yesterday about the Nationals and the Astros mandatory requirements for non-player personnel to have and get the vaccine. They had till September to prove it, that they've been vaccinated. You want to get a fake vaccination card? Good. You're going to go to jail. Bob Boone has resigned from the Washington Nationals. Bob Boone is Aaron Boone's father, the manager of the New York Yankees. Bob Boone, longtime player, 15-year employee of the Washington Nationals. Been there since day one of the Nationals after they moved from Montreal. Somehow, his view is that his rights have been impugned intruded upon. Don't tell me I got to get vaccinated. I resign. When I read that, my first thought was good. Let natural selection start. Let people realize that you're going to have to get vaccinated if you want to do anything. If you want to fly, if you want to go to a concert, you want to go to a game, you want to play in a game, it's going to happen. You want to work for any company, If you don't want to get vaccinated, stay home. Go to the hospital once you get COVID. All the people who are anti-vax because it intrudes upon their freedom. I hope none of you are from Texas. I hope none of you are in favor of the law that was passed in Texas that the Supreme Court declined to overturn that starts to eat away at the federal right to abortion granted in Roe v. Wade and gives power back to the states to make their own decision. The Supreme Court cannot, when they overturn Roe v. Wade, that doesn't make abortion illegal. It just gives the power back to the states to decide. When the Supreme Court makes a federal ruling, that means that all states have to abide by it. But when they overturn a case, that just gives the states 
the right. So Texas decided. So all the people who are anti-abortion, anti-pro-choice, some of those same people are the ones who demand their right to choose not to get vaccinated. How dare you? How dare you choose that you want your freedom, but you're unwilling to give a woman hers? You shouldn't be allowed to be that inconsistent. I have no idea what Bob, Bob Boone's view is of pro-choice or of abortion. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that for whatever reason, we are in a country where there are people like Bob Boone who are willing and choose that as the hill to die on. I'm resigning from the sport I love, the team I love, where I've won a World Series because I do not agree with you that I need to get vaccinated. And on top of that, I'm not going to get vaccinated. You want a workplace environment of harassment. I'm not going to resign for that. A workplace where discrimination occurs. No, I'm not resigning for that. Vaccine? Bye-bye. It's incomprehensible to me. Do you think for one second that the Washington Nationals are going to change their policy? They're going to make it even stricter. I think a team trainer is going to be let go because he doesn't want to be vaccinated. A team trainer. I hope I'm wrong. How could someone in the medical field not want to get vaccinated? And by the way, the nationals in their policy, it's not just you have to get vaccinated, but if you don't want to get vaccinated, you just have to prove why. Medical reason, religious reason, which I'm not buying into any of it, but a medical reason, I'm trying to think of a medical reason not to be vaccinated. I'm sure I'll get a list from listeners and that's fine. But you don't have to resign or get fired if you have a medical reason that's legitimate or religious reason. I guess you could make up a religious reason and find God or I'm not sure what God would not want you to get vaccinated. I guess the God named Charles Darwin. The Nationals are not going to turn their back on this policy because of Bob Boone resigning. Guess what? Not only going to make it stronger, but it's going to spread like herpes. 30 teams are going to have this policy. I should say 29. There is a team owned by some. I wonder whether the Rockies are going to do this policy. I'll bet you a dollar the Rockies don't. I don't know that the Marlins will because I think they're scared that DeSantis may be angry with them if they do. But Derek has been pretty good, Derek Jeter, about doing things that are right when it comes to public health. You're going to see a preponderance of major league teams and professional sports teams require vaccinations of their fans and of their employees. And on top of that, you're going to see the new collective bargaining agreement. I don't think this is an official way to see COCA, but you are going to see vaccinations become a real issue in the new CBA in major league baseball. If I'm Rob Manfred and I'm the owners, I want my players vaccinated. I don't want to have to worry about I don't have to worry about them getting sick. I don't have to worry about them getting to the hospital and I don't want them to get COVID. I want COVID to be done. Good luck, Bob. Good luck finding another job. It's not going to happen. You know, Washington could end up turning into what New York is and what San Francisco is. New laws have now been passed in San Francisco and New York requiring vaccinations of anyone to go to any large event. I went to a concert and I had to show proof of vaccination. 
happy to do it. It comes right on your phone. Or you can get your own Vax card, which you have if you've been vaccinated. And if you spell Moderna right, which I did because I actually got vaccinated, you show them the card, you show them you have a barcode on your phone in your wallet called an Excelsior Pass. That's out of New York. There's going to be things like that in every state. But New York made a decision, and so did Frisco, that is having an impact on the NBA. Do you know that the Knicks and Nets and the Warriors all have to get vaccinated? They don't have a choice. If you want to play for the New York Knicks, you have to be vaccinated. Why? Because you're not allowed into the Barclays Center or Madison Square Garden unless you're vaccinated. You can't be a concessionaire. You can't flip burgers. You can't take tickets. You can't be in security. You cannot be a fan. And hello, you cannot be on the court if you are not vaccinated. They did make an exception, not for the pretzel guy. They made an exception for visiting team players. They didn't go far enough. Wouldn't it have been great if New York said, hey, listen, you want to play our team? I'm calling up Adam Silver and saying, hey, you want to have visiting teams play the Knicks and Nets? No problem. They all got to be vaccinated. There's going to be a rule. You can't come to New York unless you're vaccinated. That'd be good. Not allowed in the city. We're going to check it at the toll booths, except they're all now. We have to do it in some sort of retina scan, I think where we can have our, and it's not taking away my liberties to get scanned to show that I'm vaccinated. What if I lose my car or lose my phone? I wanna be able to prove I was vaccinated. But isn't it interesting that visiting players don't have to, but home team players do. And the reason that exception was made is in theory, home team players, they go from the hotel to Madison Square Garden, they play the game and then they leave. Of course, in real life, that's not what happens but the other laws about New York City would apply to visiting players. They're not allowed into theaters or restaurants or any indoor activities without being vaccinated. So the players would not be allowed from visiting teams who are not vaccinated to do any of these activities, but they're allowed to play in a basketball game. I'm okay with that exception for now, but I'd like that loophole to be closed. So do you think players are gonna take into account when deciding whether to, as a free agent, where they wanna play? No, I'm not going to play for the Warriors or Knicks or Nets because I don't want to be vaccinated. No, that's not actually going to happen. I think players are going to realize that just getting vaccinated makes the most sense for them financially. And I think their agents need to be helpful and their teams need to be helpful. And the question that's been asked of me is what happened to the union and why can't the NBA union? This wasn't a so you want to talk to Samson, but someone asked me when I was talking about this subject, why doesn't the union protect these players? on the Knicks and Nets and Warriors from the law of the land. And that's the answer. That's like the tautology when the answer is the question. Is that a tautology, Coca? T-A-U-T-O-L-O-G-Y. I think a tautology is when the answer and the question, or the question answers the answer, or the answer answers the question, or the question and the answer are the same thing. I actually used to know this when I needed to study gregarious and other SAT words back when before I was taking the SAT and the LSAT, the LSAT. What's the tautology? Oh, union protection. A tautology is an expression or phrase that says the same thing twice, just in a different way. So that's not really a question and answer. I, I think I didn't get that totally right. Although maybe that is an alternate definition of a tautology. In any case, the reason why unions can't protect players 
in a situation like the New York and San Francisco situation is because union protections cannot be counter to the existing law. So when there's a law that says you cannot drive over 55, you can't get into your collective bargaining agreement that as a player, you're allowed to drive 65. If there's a law that you cannot sexually abuse a woman, you cannot have in your union agreement that, hey, you can sexually abuse them, but don't get caught. So when the city and state has a law that says you have to be vaccinated to do these events, that's it. There's nothing to talk about, which is why in baseball, we would often go to the legislatures, both state, local, state and federal. When we were having union issues, you go and say, hey, just pass this law. Then we don't have to worry about it in the CBA. That's the whole interesting part about labor relations and collective bargaining is, in fact, what happens when you can't get what you want. And this is going to come into significant focus during the negotiation with the players union and the owners in baseball, because you have to legally negotiate and bargain to an impasse. An impasse is when you will not do what they want. They won't do what you want. You've tried every which way but loose and you cannot come to an agreement. You then can declare an official impasse, which has legal meaning. And then with that impasse, there can then be implementation of certain things. There can be lockouts, there can be strikes, et cetera. But what we tried to do in ownership and in presidentship, I don't like saying ownership because then you think I was an owner, which I never was. What we would try to do with the union is accomplish what we wanted, but always keep the specter like hovering over them of a legislative fix to some of these issues. You hear that a lot in politics and in law, a legislative fix. That means when there's a law that has been put into practice by a judge who you may not agree with, because he's been put on the bench by a president you don't agree with or a governor you don't agree with. And this judge has been appointed and this judge rules a certain way that you do not agree with. You can appeal that through the judicial system. But the other way to do it is to take the underlying issue that was at stake in that particular lawsuit and legal ruling and the precedent that the judge used to make that ruling. And you can go to your legislature, your Congress, your House, your Senate, and you can get them to do a legislative fix, a tweak on an existing law, a clarification on an existing law, or actually write new legislation that if it's passed would then change the judicial precedent that is counter to the legislative intent or the actual legislation. So unions cannot protect themselves. Courts cannot protect themselves. Litigants cannot protect themselves. The ultimate power is in your legislature, which is why voting down ballot matters so much as we head into another vote here in November, two months away, plus four days, I think. Um, no, is it is it Monday the 8th? I don't know what day election day is because Sunday is the New York Marathon that I'm going to try to get through. Sunday, November 7th. When is election day, Coca? I thought it was the first Tuesday in November. So that may be November 2nd or the first Monday in October is when the Supreme Court starts. Um, I'm totally vermished right now as to when it is. It is November 2nd. So it's the first Tuesday of, of November. 
And it is critical, right, that you go down ballot, meaning not just the top of the ballot with people you've heard of, but you do the your homework because your legislature, both local, state and federal, it's so important. They've got the power. We've got the power. We're going to talk about power a little bit when we come back from the break, uh, because power is something that uh, we use a lot when we run a team and we use that power over our employees. We use that power over our players. We're also going to review a movie with Elizabeth Banks that's not called Zach and Mirny Make a Porno, but it's a movie I never saw from about seven years ago called Walk of Shame. We'll be right back here on Nothing Personal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, subscribing, all the things that you do to make Nothing Personal so successful. We had a great August. We're starting off September with a mana from Mets Heaven. Such great content. Thanks for following on Twitter, David P. Sampson, just for being a part of this universe that we, that me and Coca, that Coca and I are creating. We watch a movie every day. I have a list from you that I watch, but once in a while, I'll turn on the TV in the theater. Uh, I'll watch either from the basement, from a theater, from my bed. But every day is part of what I do is I watch a movie. I don't view it as work. It is for work, but I don't view it as that because I was watching a movie a day, even when I was not reviewing a movie a day. I just love it. And sometimes I go in like a battering ram that I'm going and looking for something like yesterday's fantastic fungi. I'm going in and looking for it and I'm going to watch it. Or I started to watch Trapped, a show that you all told me to watch from Iceland. I go in, I'm looking for that, but I can't get through 20 episodes and review it in a day. So I watch a few episodes on top of a movie. And the algorithm of Netflix fascinates me. I don't know how they know what I like. I don't want to know how they know what I like. I don't want to know how Instagram, Facebook, and everyone else knows what I talk about because I get an ad pushed to me about something I talked about, not even Google searched. I don't want to know. Just move along. And yes, I will continue to buy underwear that I can wear for four days in a row that Facebook told me never smells. Of course, nothing smells to me, so I wouldn't know whether it smells. So I get on Netflix. And I'm just looking around because I had no particular purpose. And there's Elizabeth Banks and there's Jillian Jacobs. Jillian Jacobs, my love from love. Jillian Jacobs, who I called my agent and said, can we meet? Do I have a way to meet this actress? Can there be some sort of shit with Jillian Jacobs? Jillian, if you're listening to Nothing Personal, anyone out there is, I want to meet you just to, because you seem like someone, I read about you. I did some Google stalking. Is that normal? People do it to me all the time. David, you've got to repopulate your Google. All right. How long is that going to take? Well, it worked a couple of years. It's hard to have a good Google when you're a team president. And it's hard when you're an outspoken team president to have a good Google. And that's okay. It didn't scare away UTA. Love you, Jerry. 
Didn't scare away Port. Like you, Port. Didn't even scare away Coca. So Jillian Jacobs is in a movie with Elizabeth Banks, and she has a one-night stand with James Martin from Enchanted with Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey. I think they're making an Enchanted too, Coca. I read about that somewhere. I think my daughter told me because they she knows that I love Enchanted so much. Is there an Enchanted sequel coming out? And will Amy Adams and McDreamy be in it? And James Marsden. Is he going to try again with Idina Menzel because their marriage didn't work out to try to get back the princess Anastasia? I don't know if it's out there on IMDb. I could probably check it, but I'm not going to at the moment. So this is a movie called Walk of Shame where she has a one night stand and then she's got to get back because she was given the anchor job, much like Jim Carrey in Bruce Almighty. And she has to go and be the news anchor. And the story of her trying to get home after a one night stand is so implausible. The walk of shame is so silly. Who hasn't done it, right? It's when you're walking the next day wearing yesterday's clothes. You've done it in your dorm room. You've done it in your city. You've done it in your apartment building. We've all done it. It's when you have an all nighter, you have to put your clothes back on and then you have to walk somewhere. Or if you fell asleep in your clothes, who hasn't done the walk of shame in Vegas, right? You pass out in your clothes and then you somehow realize that you're not in room 222 and you've got to get a room 669 and then you're in the elevator. But in Vegas, it's okay because everyone's doing the walk of shame. So she does this walk of shame and runs into all these ridiculous issues. And her best friend is Jillian Jacobs, who has a very much a supporting role. And I didn't really have any feeling toward the movie. It's not like I didn't like it. It's not like I liked it. It was just there. So I'm glad I saw it because I want to see everything Jillian does and everything Elizabeth Banks does. But I can't suggest to you to see it if you haven't already. Why it's on my algorithm, will it be on your algorithm? And if it is on your algorithm, will that automatically cause you to see it? And maybe the answer is if it is on your algorithm, you should see it. And if it's not, don't look for it. Let's say that. Walk of shame. All right, we got an interesting one here, Coca. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson from the movie Half-Baked. Go ahead, check out that movie and check out the character Samson. People just want to talk to him. So if you want to talk to me, get on my Twitter at David P. Samson. Late to the NPDS pod, but it's now one of my favorites. You're not late. We've only been doing this since October of 19. This is only episode 436. You could go back and download the first 435 if you're just starting now, but obviously you're not just starting now because you already submitted a question on my Twitter, which means you've listened to a few at least. I enjoy your brutal honesty in regards to the reality of running a franchise. Question. How do you deal with lower level employees? Are they easily expendable? Or did you ever consider that they had insight to your day-to-day operations? Cheers, David. When a question ends with cheers, David, and has a U in the middle of F-A-V-O-R-I-T-E-S, we may have a listener from the UK, Coca. We actually get a list of where our listeners are from. People are listening to this show from all over the world. It's quite amazingly humbling to think about that fact. So I want to answer your question. 
I actually was the type of team president who had an open door policy. I would allow and encourage people to come meet with me, to call my assistant Beth and make an appointment, come learn, ask questions, come meet me. I would meet all the interns that we would hire, like 50 of them each year, and I would introduce myself to them and learn their names and try to remember their names. I would meet the salespeople and ticket sales, the operations people, stadium operations. I was not in charge of hiring them. I was not in charge of firing them because if it does come to my desk that they did something that requires me to do something, then I am going to make sure they get fired. If someone calls me with a favor saying, please hire my son, daughter, friend, cousin, spouse. If I don't know the person, I will help that person get an interview and then leave it up to people below me to do the interview and the hiring, human relations, HR, human resources. But I always respected people at every level because I know what it's like at Morgan Stanley, I was a lower level employee. And I got no love from the managing directors, no love from John Strauss, my boss. I've told you the story, I think, on a mailbag of how I think about John Strauss every day and the way he mistreated me. And I laugh at when he called me as president of the Marlins and asked to get involved in financing. And I laughed. No chance that you're being hired. Got to remember that the people who work for you, one day you may work for them. The people who work for you may one day be running a company that you need. There's that expression, be careful and good to people on the way up because you're going to see them again on the way down. That is a phenomenally important lesson that I always knew. People may have said that I was strict. People may have said that I wasn't nice. It wasn't a popularity contest to be a team president. I had a business to run. As long as you help me run the business and help the business make money or lose less money, you're going to be fine. I can even handle the distractions of your personality if you are good for the bottom line. So you asked me how I dealt with lower level employees. I dealt with them with respect, with passion, with concern, but also with the knowledge that they, as I, are all expendable. And that's not a lower level versus upper level situation, because guess what? I was gone as team president. The next day, there was a new one. When a GM is fired, there's a new one the next day. When someone in sales is gone, someone's at their desk the next day. You leave your Wall Street firm, believe me, you won't be missed. Someone will replace you the next day. None of us are anything other than expendable. So you ask, are people and employees easily expendable? The answer is yeah, because we all are. The only one who wasn't expendable with the Marlins was the owner. And frankly, when you sell a team and your owner comes in and you don't miss a beat. But you ask me, do I view them with respect and do I treat them well, even though they're easily expendable? And do I consider that they have the ability to provide insight into the day-to-day -day operations? Of course, that's what they're hired to do, silly. I want everyone at every level of an organization to be able to do the job of their boss. I want everyone at every level of the organization to be able to do the job of their person who they actually are in charge of. When you've got that sort of cross-pollination, that horizontal and vertical integration, 
you have a company that it has depth. And much like when you're building a team on the field and depth matters, your front office depth matters too. Because you don't know what's going to happen with an employee leaving or being poached to another team or their family moving or their spouse getting a job in another city where they have to move. You don't know what's going to happen on any particular day at any particular moment, which is why you have to have duplication of knowledge. Can you imagine if you only had one person who could do a certain job, that person leaves with no day's notice, what happens the next day? Wait a minute, I have that idea because it's happened in CBS before. What happens is nothing gets done. And when nothing gets done, that hurts the ability of your company to be efficiently run and to be as good and profitable as it can be. I appreciate your question. Keep them coming. The Rays lost to the Red Sox last night. Chris Sale went six strong. He did give up two runs, a two-run homer to Wander Franco. And let me tell you, Wander Franco is quite a player. He has a 32-game on base streak. If you've never heard of him, go watch him play. He's 20 years old. He's the age, I think, that Cabrera was when he was brought up by the Marlins in 03. Franco is that type of player. Doesn't have the power, but he's that type of player who can make a difference in a franchise and could be with Tampa through a World Series victory this year. We are 110 and 92 because the Rays did end up losing that game. I'm disappointed. I don't like losing. I especially don't like losing when I'm watching the game and the Ray, it was sort of happened the way I thought it would, though. Chris Sale did pitch a little better, but the Rays should have won that game. So, what do you do when you lose a bet? You have two choices, right? Put your head between your knees, walk away, lick your wounds, or Wait for it. Double down. Hell yeah. I'm doubling down. We're taking the Rays again over the Red Sox. Why wouldn't we? We're 18 games over 500. The Rays are a better team. Rays over Red Sox. A lot going on, uh, not just in baseball. We talked about some of the other sports, but in, in uh, you saw what happened at the U.S. Open yesterday. Crazy weather in New York, New Jersey. Part of Hurricane... I don't know what it was. Was it Hurricane Ida, Coca, that became a tropical cyclone? Is it called Ida or Ina? Ida? I don't know why Ina was in my mind, but Ida and terrible flooding, power lost in various parts of Connecticut, flooding New Jersey, flights delayed, just total insanity. The US Open had a roof, has a roof, but play was suspended because it was raining sideways. The Dodgers are now in first place. But I want to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals have been a team under Tony LaRussa, who I knew intimately, having shared spring training with them. Tony LaRussa was always very difficult to deal with. The Cardinals have always been into mind games, head games. They're always trying different tactics to get an advantage over you on the field, off the field. Even with Tony La Russa gone, the Cardinals still do that. I don't want to say it's all about the DeWitts, the owners, or Mozilliak, the president of baseball operations. It's sort of like the Cardinal way, that we are going to do whatever we have to do to disrupt your momentum. We are going to be a Stefano Tsitsipas. You know who that is, right? The tennis player who beat Andy Murray in the first round. He just won his second round match. He used the tennis 
rules to his advantage by going to the bathroom during a set, by changing clothes, by getting medical attention, all to take the to freeze the kicker, basically. You know how in football, when there's a, a field goal about to be kicked, and then for no reason the defense calls a timeout because they want to make the kicker think about it. And of course, it's ridiculous. It never works, but you do it because just in case it may work in that once in a millennium, once in a million times, of course, you're all going to get to me on David P. Sampson and tell me all the times that I seen the kicker worked. But that being said, that concept exists in baseball. When you want to ice the opposing team's pitcher, we teach our players step out of the box. If a pitcher is in a rhythm, step out of the box. If a hitter is in a rhythm, go up and in, not to the head, but go up and in. Step off the rubber, take a little extra time, waste a mound visit. In basketball, coaches take a timeout trying to disrupt the momentum. That is a very common thing that we do as opponents that you do as as competitors is you want to disrupt the flow of another team. The Cardinals are very good at that. It's their thing. Last night, they had a doubleheader against the Reds. It's fascinating what's going on in the Central Division. They're not going to catch the brouhaha's, but there is a chance that they could catch the Padres for the second wild card. The Reds actually have already caught the Padres. The Cardinals are not far behind. What is it, Coca? Two and a half? Are the Cardinals two and a half back in that sit? Maybe three and a half. They are absolutely in the race. Big series against the Reds. I never wanted to play doubleheaders when I was in the race behind. I always wanted to play doubleheaders when I was ahead. The reason I wanted to play doubleheaders while ahead is 80% of the time you're going to split a doubleheader. So that means you don't lose ground. You don't gain ground, but two games have come off the schedule. So the Cardinals really needed to sweep the doubleheader. They win the first game. The second game, Nick Castellanos, who is the $64 million man, along with Moustakis for the Reds. And the Reds have been playing much better now, by the way. They have a two and a half game lead over the Cardinals. They have a half game lead over the Padres. Castellanos comes up and hits two home runs in his first two at-bats against the Cardinals, drives in six runs with the Grand Slam, and the Reds are in a blowout situation in what's going to be a seven-inning game. When you give up six runs in the first two innings, you're very unlikely to come back. It happens, but unlikely. So at the end of the half inning where Castellanos hit that second Grand Slam, the manager of the Cardinals comes out, Mike Schilt, and says to the umpire, hey, check that bat. What a great head game that is. Check that glove. Check that hat. Looking for foreign substances. Looking for a violation. Cork, not allowed. But they didn't think that it was a cork bat. They actually thought the Cardinals, that Castellanos' bat was illegal because it didn't have the proper rounded edge on the bottom. And that would impact the flight of the ball, which is, of course, total horse hockey. The bat had been given to someone in the stands. The umpire has to go to the person in the stands, get the bat back, examine the bat, approve the bat, give the bat back to Castellanos, who gives it back to the fan. Do you think the Cardinals for one second thought that that bat was an illegal bat? Do you think for one second 
the Cardinals actually thought that they were going to get the Grand Slam disallowed, that they were going to go back in time and say that bat was illegal. We've got our modern day pine tar game. And we're going to replay it. No Grand Slam for you, Nick. No soup for you. No, of course that wasn't going to happen. So why would a team do it? I love the Cardinals for doing this, especially now that I'm not their opponent. They did it for the sole reason of being a pain in the ass and of trying to ruin the rhythm and the momentum of the Cincinnati Reds. Did it work? Negative. Will they stop doing it? Triple negative. I want to give you a, uh, a way to see about this concept. It's a funny way to see. Wait to see when I say something's going to happen. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. But either way, you know, we're going to revisit it. Like in yesterday's show, we revisited a few that have happened. We keep track. We have a spreadsheet of every wait to see. And we'll put a yes down or a no down once it becomes obvious what it is. The way to see is about the National League wildcard. The Cardinals can do everything they want, but the National League wildcard is going to come down to the Reds and the Padres when all is said and done, fighting it out to be the second wildcard to the Giants. The Dodgers will win the NL West. The Giants will be the first wildcard. And the second wildcard will be a two-team race between only the Padres and the Reds. Because when I look at the Cardinals team, when I look at the Phillies team, who are also been playing better and chasing, my point of view comes from the amount of chasing I did in the wild card over all those years when we didn't quite make it. When you say you're only five games back, four games back, three games back, we need one little hot streak. Everything's going to be good. We can catch them. It's so much harder than you think to do. Wait to see. The Cardinals can do all the funny stuff they want, and it's not going to matter. But Cincinnati knows. They know it's just business. When the Cardinals are acting, it's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.